Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch from Ephesians chapter 4. This sounds kind of an unusual place to launch for this. This is more a lesson than a message. Uh, I get this question posed to me all the time. Well, how are they in heaven right now? And my answer is usually very good. They're doing very well. Uh, nothing wrong with the people in heaven tonight. We, do, we pray hard to keep people out of heaven, you know. We do. Uh, and and uh, I'm of the opinion that uh, Paul was right when he said to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Yep, and I'm going to use that scripture tonight, Brother Junior. And Paul, Paul was more informed than the rest of us. Paul had seen it. He'd been to the third heaven. And there's some things God wouldn't let him talk about after he'd seen them. He said it wasn't lawful for him to utter it. So there's some things he had to be quiet about. We, if he'd have told it all, we might have just all sat down and prayed to die. I don't know. But uh, I think it was pretty good, don't you? Ephesians 4, uh, verse number, I better go to 7 to get this into context here. Uh, this is speaking of gifts uh, that, that Jesus gives to the body, but there's a couple of script, couple of passages in here that's, that's deep water, and not everybody's going to agree with what I think about this tonight, and that's okay. I probably don't agree with everything you think about either. <clears throat> but I think it answers, this is going to answer a question or two, it's where I'm going to launch from tonight. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, verse number 7, if you found it, shout amen. amen. But unto every one of us, did you catch that? Is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Not withheld any more from me than you or anybody else. Wherefore, he saith. Now, that's going to tell us that it's written somewhere else. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Father, we love you. Thank you for the night, for the chance to be here, for the sweet spirit. God, the soul just bless my soul tonight. The testimony. God, thank you for being watching over Brother Derek. You're just with us all the time. Your eyes run to and fro throughout the earth. Now help me tonight, Father, to expound on this and, and, and share my thoughts that you've given me today. I appreciate the time with you today, Lord. Praise God. So use us tonight for your glory. Fill my mouth, guard my tongue. Help me be accurate in the scripture. I'll give you praise for everything it's done. Asking in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. 
Now, with this, with this particular verse, some, some disagree as to who the captives are here. Some think it's one group. Some think it's another group. I'm of the opinion, Junior Gardner told me never give that. It's my conviction, I can do that, that, the, that those that he led captive were those that had died in faith prior to Calvary. Now that's, that's my personal conviction. You can get a lot of different views on this particular verse. And that he done it, we know from Peter that he preached. He went into hell and preached to him, didn't he? There were some that was looking for him to come. We know by Luke 16 that there was a gulf fixed pre-Calvary. Before Jesus' crucifixion, there was a gulf fixed. There was the place of paradise. And there was the place of punishment. Now, the punishment was where the rich man went. Lazarus, the old beggar, went to paradise. He was in Abraham's bosom. Who is that? That proved that he died in faith. He died looking for the Messiah to come. He had offered sacrifice. There had been blood sacrifices pointing to that. They understood what that was. Okay, are you with me? Now, when Jesus, he first descended, it's plain here, he descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Now, some says, some would say that that lower part is earth itself, saying that he descended to earth. That, well, yes, obviously he did. But to the lower parts of the earth, I think is the part that captures me right here. That it's a, Describing what per, part of the earth he went to, not just earth itself. And those that were captive had been taken captive by something they couldn't do, they couldn't do anything about. Death had come and taken him captive. Aren't you glad you know the one, praise God, that overcame death, hell, and the grave? He is capable. So now we see that he ascended far above the heavens. Now, we learned last time that there's three heavens. There's the sky, there's the, there's the solar system, and then there's the, the place God, then there's the throne of God, the abode of God, the place of God. There it is, where the Lord dwells. Now, if you do word research, you find, you, you look in the Hebrew for heaven, okay? In the original language, and I'll slaughter this in my hillbilly draw. It's uh, shamayim, and it just simply means lofty. So when you read the Old Testament and it says heaven, it means lofty. And I think, well, it must be more descriptive in the New Testament. The New Testament in the Greek, the word is Uranus, and it simply means elevation. So lofty, heaven means lofty. And in the Greek, New Testament, the better covenant, elevation. It can mean a thing or two under that, but that's the primary meaning of those words. In the original language, in the Old Testament Hebrew, New Testament Greek, 
lofty elevation. That gives me an idea that he's in a high place. How about you? We know from Isaiah that he's in the sides of the north. If you want to know where he's at, he's in the sides of the north. You keep going up, 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 up north. That's where he's at. Way up above, out past the Milky Way. But he's in all places at all times. This is above my pay grade. If we look at some of them other scriptures, I'll give you these two. You can look them up when you get home. The part that he speaks of ascending is in Psalm 68 and 18. The part about descending is in two different places. Psalm 139, 15 and Psalm 63, 9 refers the prophet speaking to his descent. And he done it in secret. In other words, I'm not getting into all that. That's too much. We don't have all that. But that's the two places you're going to find it. Three, actually. The descend, Psalm 139, 15, and Psalm 63, 9. The ascension, pretty much what I've just read you here, Psalm 68, 18. The two words in the Hebrew and the Greek for elevation, lofty in the Hebrew, elevation in the Greek. We know that that place is the seat of very God. Now, we wonder oftentimes who or what is it like in heaven right now. When we go to the Old Testament, and I'll, I'll be very brief right here, but if we want to see heaven and the throne of God, and we find it, we go to the Old Testament, here's what we find. If we go, now this is pre Calvary, so stay with me, everything changed. After Calvary. Everything. One writer said today, I read so many, I can't tell you which one it was. But it, he said, he said, this was such a drastic change from what the original Hebrew believed. That God could just give them little pieces of it in the Old Testament leading up to the new. Isn't that good? Because yeah. there's just little nuggets scattered along the way. Well, if we're going to see heaven, the elevated, the lofty place, my glass is about to come apart. I'm going to be in trouble. We go, we go to Isaiah 6. In Isaiah 6, here's what you see. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord lifted up. So he saw the Lord. He saw his throne. He saw his train, his robe. His, his garment, that, I found that interesting, that his train filled the temple. I'm telling you, pretty flashy. Then we see the temple. What is this? This is a temple which is the true, which is the temple that Solomon built was just a shadow of that. Are you with me? It was a shadow of the true. He saw, he saw the temple. Then he saw the seraphims. That has to do with burning. That word means burning. Then he saw the altar. There was an altar there. But you know what he didn't see? No people. Pre-Calvary, no people. All these heavenly things, no people. Pre-Calvary. Is there any wonder that when you got to the Sadducees, they said... There can't be a resurrection. I mean, we give those Sadducees, Junior Gardner said, 
They didn't believe in the resurrections. That's why they were sad, you see. But let's be a little, let's play, give a little sympathy here. All they had ever heard was when they read about the throne, they knew this text. They know people there. Then we come to Ezekiel chapter 1, one of the most confusing chapters in the Bible. It's because of the symbolic language that's, that's in that particular chapter. So we see no people. Then we come to Ezekiel 1. I'm just giving you a couple of illustrations. There's some other places. I think it's Micah. And there's somewhere in Kings it talks about the host being around the throne. No people. The heavenly host. I didn't bring them all out. Ezekiel 1. Here's what we see. He's at Ezekiel's out of the land of Israel. He's in captivity in Babylon, he's at the river Kibar. It's spelt with a C, but it's pronounced with a K. He's at the river Kibar, and he said, I've had visions, and the heavens were open. I mean, God's about to show him something. Here's what he sees. The heavens open. He sees a whirlwind, and it's out of the north. Where was God? In the sides of the north. We know where he's looking. He sees fire of amber. And it's, in, it's engulfing itself. It's just, it's just a full gulf of flight. So he sees the heavens open. He sees, he sees the fire of amber. He sees living creatures. Now, these living creatures, when we get the book of Revelation, same guys, I believe. Uh, it, their faces speak to the word of God. I think it's representative of the gospels. Again, that's my personal conviction. And we say that because the four things Jesus is shown in the gospel, the lion is what they call the lion. King of the jungle. Somebody help me out here. Right, look here. And then there's an ox that's a servant. Then he sees the face of a man. And he sees an eagle on one of them. And the eagle flies the highest. It's speaking to the lofty, the elevated place. God, where God is. You see that? These things, these creatures are those. And they're moving and then we see a wheel and a wheel. And their works are the wheel and the wheel. And they move immediately like lightning from heaven, the Bible said. And so they're here and then they're there. And they're there and they're here. And it's just in a blink of an eye, they're everywhere. The wheels and the wheel. The fire's burning. This thing's consumed. You know what you're seeing? You're seeing the fullness of the Godhead without the body. You're seeing the power and the awesomeness of God. There it is. He's at Kibar. Wow. He's looking into heaven. You know what you don't see? No people. Why did God send? Why did God send Jesus to the earth? He came to what? Seeking to save. Thank you, man. Seeking to save that which was lost. Why did he do that? Because he wants us with him. He created something. He put it down here and he wants his creation with him. But many of, the, of his created say, I don't even believe he exists. They don't believe him. And some are so bold as to say, I don't want to go. Hey, friend, I'm going to tell you, the alternative is awful. And, and, and Christy's saying, thank you. I believe you just sing because Dennis is not here. I'm going to rub his nose in this. 
It's going to kill him. It's going to kill him. I'll be with some of his despised few. Few there be that find him. So here we have now pre-Calvary. And what I found interesting in all this was in all the awesomeness, all the fullness, all the power, the fire, the seraphims, the created beings, the train, the temple, and no people. Now a heavenly host, no people. Then we come to Calvary. Everything's about to change. Why should this excite us so? So, because we're people. Hello. This isn't rocket science here. We are people. And I'll just tell you, I want to be where he is. Amen. I, I not only want to, I'm going where he is. Yeah. That's where I'm going, where he is. So, so now, I'm, I'm, I think Brother Junior quoted this verse a minute ago. And that's okay if he did. I, I want to... Uh, I want to share this real quick. I've not marked these. Who's in heaven now? Talking about heaven past is what I was referring to when there wasn't any people there. We know the problem with the devil. We learned that from last time when he kicked the devil out of heaven. Oh, Lucifer, how art thou fallen, O son of the morning? Found that in Isaiah as well. Those prophets telling the story. If we'll just dig and find it, there it is. Lucifer falls out. The problem with sin in heaven. He kicked him out, but he still allows him to come back. He has access that he might accuse the brethren. We, we learned that in, in, in Revelation chapter 12, that one of these days, that even that's going to cease. But we come to this, and they ask me, well, how, how are the people? Let's go, to, let's go to Matthew chapter 27, verse 51. On this Friday, I'm about to read about here. Matthew chapter 27, verse 51. There's no people. It's about to change. Matthew 50, uh, verse 27, verse 50, chapter 27, verse 51, the Bible said, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. If you ever go to Gordon's tomb over there in Israel, there's a big crack down the front of it. And I asked God, I said, how'd that get there? He said, earthquake. I said, oh, imagine that. <laughs> and the graves were opened, and many, and many, what's that next word? What? Many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection. It's very important. He's the first fruit. And went into the holy city. It was only holy because of the temple. The thing fell into just terrible sin. But the place of God was still there. 
and appeared unto many. I found it interesting, the word bodies of the saints. That's going to mean something in just a minute. In Luke 23, 43, we'll find this. We'll find where the thief is on the cross. And he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Today. Now, we see here in Matthew that it wasn't just resurrected spirits. It was bodies. Now, What about our people today that's going on? Stay with me. Then we go, now we know, now we know that after Jesus rose, that that day there was a thief went to paradise. We begin in Ephesians 4 tonight. I believe that's the captivity that was taken captive. That's an example of them right here that we have in Matthew 27. That's part of that group that had been captive in the grave. They couldn't do anything about it. They were in a place of paradise, not in punishment. But they were awaiting the satisfying blood that it was going to take to appease a holy God. All them other sacrifices couldn't appease or please or satisfy they couldn't be the propitiation for our sin, but they were pointing to the one it would. In faith, they would offer that saying, he's coming. Amen. He's coming. Yeah. And now we see them raised. Some captivity, captive, personal conviction. The thief on the cross today, you'll be with me in paradise. Luke 24, I want you to turn there. Luke 24 and verse 39. You got to see it on the page. Luke 24. I didn't mark mine either. I'm flipping right over. Luke 24 and 39. <coughs> Jesus says to him. I like this. He just shows up. I mean, he just appears. He don't knock on the door. He just, he's not there, and then he is there. Are you with me? Yeah. But when he gets to verse 39, they're having trouble with it. They supposed they'd seen a spirit. In verse 38, he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do you thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that is I myself. I like this right here. Handle me. What does that mean? What are they touching? A body. And see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. Tells us two things right there. He's got a flesh and it's covering a bone. There's no mention of blood. He shed that. Don't need that anymore. How does he do that? He put this thing together to work with blood the first time. He can do whatever he wants to. So we see, we see here, this is post-Calvary. But he's still here. 
Well, there's some that's not with him. I think it, personal conviction. He's led captivity captive. He's told the thief on the cross, today you're going to be with me in paradise. He had to take him there. If he didn't take him that day, then he lied. He had to take him that day. Today, not tomorrow. Today. Now, I've said that paradise was down. Could he have taken him with him to paradise? He could have. And then led captivity captive and brought him out. Said, here's one that just come from the other side. And he could have said, I was on the cross beside him. And I understood who he was. And he put him in paradise. Now, whether that's the paradise in glory or the paradise that he was going to to lead captivity captive, I wouldn't argue which one it was. But that day, it's what Jesus said. I believe what he said. Amen. That day, he is in paradise with Jesus. Amen. Now, it, does, it doesn't end there. We know, we know by the word of God that 40 days after Jesus' resurrection, he was on the Mount of Olives. We know by the word of God that he told them, he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. And we know that when he told them that, he blessed them. And a cloud received him up. And then there was two men in white apparel standing there with them and said, "Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing into heaven? This same Jesus that you see taken up from you shall so come in like manner. This one, not another. Not all the false ones. When he, come, when he appears, I'm going to know it because I'm going to meet him. Now, so he went to glory, 40 days, Some, somewhere that day, somehow that day, the thief was in paradise. 40 days later, isn't that amazing? He's the wheel in the wheel. He's like that. He, that quick, he's here, he's there. He's in this room, he's in glory. He's in the uttermost parts of the earth. He's wherever he wants to be immediately. If I ascend into the heavens, he's there. If I made my bed in hell, he's there. Can't hide from him. He's everywhere. So now, here's the thing that some might disagree with. How are those that walked around in bodies? I think they had the, the part of the first fruits. He is the first fruit. But there's other, they were part of that first resurrection. We're going to be part of that. This thing just started then. It extends to the end of Revelation. You'll find it at the end of Revelation. And they're still talking about the first resurrection. Blessed disease has part in the first resurrection. That'd be us. When is that going to be? Well, we don't know. We just know we're part of it. I may have to go by way of the grave. I don't care. I don't care. We're going, we're going to First uh, Thessalonians. You know what chapter? Chapter four. First Thessalonians four. Real quick, we're going to look at something. 
I'm going to give you a few more verses and I'm done. Are you, sat, are, are you satisfied that the thief went to paradise that day? Yeah. Are you satisfied that they got up and had bodies and walked around in Jerusalem? Uh, Not a spirit. Yeah. That, that's important because our people that have passed don't have that right yet. They don't have it yet, but they're going to. I'm going to show you something in just a second. First Thessalonians, this, this is the dividing chapter between premillennialist, amillennialist, and, and whatever the others are. I don't know for sure, but this one train wrecks everything, in my opinion. It's in my conviction, not my opinion, my conviction. But I would, verse 13 of chapter 4, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren. At this, this is one of Paul's first letters, if not the first. And then some people come by and said, resurrection's already happened. Paul said, let me help you here. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. That tells me that there's some brethren that's ignorant. But they're still brethren. Don't get mad at ignorant, brethren. Ignorance, okay. Stupid's bad. Ignorance, okay. You can learn and not be ignorant. There's a lot of things I'm ignorant of. A lot. But there's a few things I'm not, and this is one of them, praise God. Concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. That's a sad place to be right there. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. That tells me two things. When he referred to sleep concerning Lazarus, and they thought, he, they said, if he sleeps, he does well. He said, Lazarus is dead. Dead. So, this thing has to die. But this is just what I travel in. I'm getting out of this and slamming the door, and I'll never have this again. So don't tell me about soul sleep. This contradicts that. It wipes it out. You hear the old bluegrass song, Mama's a-sleeping up under the pines on the side of the hill. Lord help, sing it at homecoming, everybody in the building be bawling. I want to jump up and scream, Mama ain't asleep, praise God, she's with the Lord. Bunch of ignorant brethren. Read the Bible. And went sleep. And Jesus, will God bring with him? They got to be a separation right there. They got to be a separation there, Brother Randall. That body, that body is there. The body, I want you to get a hold of this. The body is the seed that's planted. When he comes back, when he comes back and brings the soul with him, then it's the fruit. Of the seed that's put into a glorified state. Is the apple look better than the seed? Thank you. That's why I don't eat watermelons. Too many seeds. Just cut them up open, cut the center out of it, and kick the rest of the curd. 
Why? The fruit's better than the seed. He's the first fruit. Them that's after him. We're fruit as well. Are you with me? Yeah. I don't know if y'all. But the body's asleep. But them that's sleeping, that sleeping body, God's going to bring with you. That tells me they don't stay in the body. They go to be with the Lord. Paul said it. You quoted my verse. Uh, uh, first Corinthians, let me get Second Corinthians 5 and 8. Paul said he was willing to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. He said in, he said in 1 Corinthians 15 and 50, he said, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So if you think you're taking this with you, you're dead wrong. And all of us that's over 60 saying, whoa, praise God. This thing ain't going. For this we send you by the word of the Lord that we, that's the we's of Paul, thinking that Christ might come in his lifetime, which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Nothing about Gabriel blowing a horn here, by the way. Gabriel don't even own a horn. With the voice of the archangel, that'd be Michael. But it's the Lord it's in reference to. He, he, he outranks him, you know. And with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, well, I thought you said, I thought you said that body's asleep. And it's the seed. The fruit comes up and he puts the soul in that. And now, how are we going to be? When he shall appear. Oh, thank you. For we shall see him as he is. How is he? So, so, what are you saying about our loved ones that's died and gone on to heaven? Heaven present. Heaven now. Who's there in heaven now? Well, we're, we're flipping back over to 1 Corinthians 15. I want to read you a verse right here. I like, while you're flipping to 1 Corinthians 15, listen to Philippians 3.21. Who shall change our vile body that it may be, may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. That'd be Jesus. Change this vile body. That'd be like in fashion, it's gorgeous body. Verse 44 of 1 Corinthians 15 says, It's sown a natural body, and it's raised a spiritual body. A spiritual what? There is a natural body and there's a spiritual body. So if they're not in a glorified body right now, what are they in? Spiritual body. They're in a spiritual body. And now we see through a glass darkly. But then, face to face. Now we know in part. But then shall we know even also as we are known. What does that mean? We'll know them. Even though it's not that seed that was planted, it's a much better looking thing. Sometimes I wonder what you're a stone. I mean, you just have to face it. You're what the most handsome guy walking around. And he didn't care. That's what was so good about it. It didn't bother him though. 
But I just imagine what that new fruit looks like. And when all these guys had accolades and things about them, and yours stands up, and they say, wow, who's that? I believe they'll say, that's Jesus' friend. But the spiritual body is going to be put in a glorified body. Now, I'm not teaching anything the Bible doesn't say. Because we already said that Jesus had a body. He had bones in it. So what this tells me is there are people there now with glorified bodies. And there are people there with spiritual bodies. And one of these days, I'll be there. And if I go by way of the rapture, I'm going to show up in a glorified body. If I go by way of the grave, they'll plant this thing. And my spiritual body will go to be with the Lord. And the soul and the spirit include the soul in that. It's the soul that he saved. Are you with me? He saved our soul. But the spirit's what gives life. So we have a living soul. A living soul. Spirit gives life. So we have this spiritual body, though. There's a natural body. There's a spiritual body, which is the soul, and, and it's with the Lord. And if I have to go that way, that's okay. They're going to know me when I get there. Some's going to be shocked I made it. And some's going to be glad. I think when we get there, they're all glad. And they see us coming. And there we are. That's heaven present right now. I want you to think about this. I don't know if they can see this or not. Here's a question, posing you a question. Here's food for thought. If the devil accuses the brethren and he goes to the throne to do it, and all these spiritual, the glorified bodies and the spiritual bodies are with them in the presence of the Lord, do they see him when he walks in? When he walks in, who's that? That's our adversary. You've got to be kidding. No, that's him. Can they see him? Do you think the throne of God is hidden from them if they're in the presence of God? I think not. Who did Jesus say, tell a thief he's going to be with? Me. You're going to be with me. He's the accuser of the brethren. Read, read Revelation 12. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's asking, and, and praise God. Uh, you know, he can accuse all he wants to. And he's right in what some of the things he says. He is about me. He goes to my father and said, you know what he done? And the father says, I do. And the son says, not guilty. Praise God. And all them standing around, all them at the throne. You want to you picture, read Revelation chapter 5, you get a little view of the throne room, people falling down worshiping the Lord. I think when the accusations fly, might be a good time to worship. What do you think? Yeah. And there he is, heaven present. They're there. They're waiting. Some's already in a glorified body. Have to be. They was in bodies when they walked around. But some's had to go by way of the grave. 
those that were part of the first resurrection, there's no way that they remained in a spirit that had a body. We are part of that resurrection, but it's not resurrection day. When they plant us, we have to go with the soul and spirit to the Lord and await his appearing, but at his appearing. But at his appearing, we read it in Thessalonians, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So all those that's gone by way of the grave, I got a little head start on us. But then we which are alive and remain, we caught up. You'll come later. You know what? You know the only ones this is in reference to is the born again. The unsaved, the unsaved that died and are in the grave unsaved, they're a thousand years longer in the grave. When the millennial reign takes off, takes over, and he's ruling with a rod of iron, and it's the opportunity, and then they're in the grave, and then hell's brought up to stand before the great white throne of judgment. What a sad day. Can you imagine the reprieve of coming out of hell and then the dread of standing before the judge? And the knees will bow and the tongues confess and he'll say, I don't know who you are. And they depart forever, forever, according to the Bible, in a lake of fire, which is the second death. I can't imagine. I can't imagine family members that's going to miss heaven. What if Jesus came tonight? Now, and some disagree with me on this, but there'll be, there'll be people saved in the tribulation period, but it'll cost them their head to do it. If you won't give your heart now, would you give your head later? And I know the world says this is some kind of fairy tale that doesn't exist. Don't tell me I've talked to him all day. I've been to too many graveyards, too many hospital rooms. I've seen young people buried. preached at a friend of mine's funeral, no hope of him being saved, and the mama sat right there and I was at the funeral and sat there and stared at me the whole time I was preaching. I could not, I could not say that we'd see him again one day. All I could say is the Lord will help you. Brother Grover and me take turns going sitting on the porch talking to this boy. 
He'd talk, he'd talk a blue streak to us. We'd sit there. He just couldn't get off the hooch. Just wouldn't give it up. Couldn't give it up. Died that way. That mama hugged me at the graveyard crying. Said, I appreciate what you said, Brother Mike. I thought I wish somebody else had said it. Heaven present is for the born again, for the redeemed, the blood washed, those with faith in Jesus Christ. It's not for anybody else. Heaven's sweet. Let's stand at her feet. She's going to play. I'm going to pray. If you have something you need to pray about, it'll be a good time to pray tonight. Just play. Jesus, pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for helping. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.